We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Two hours into the game on Wednesday night, Michael Chavis gets hit in the head with a pitch. His night would get better because two hours or so after that, after a night of bullpen meltdowns and runners left on base, the Chavis will save us dynamic revs the engine one more time game winning home run in the 13th inning so if you're scoring at home your current al rookie of the year is not vlad guerrero jr it's the guy who just a few months ago was posting video of himself doing a ding dong ditch on social media who knows where it all goes from here but right now 2019 is the michael scott chavis spectacular a quick review and a look ahead we'll do it right now on sock daily it's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Sox Podcast. And here's your host, Josh Lewis. Oh, man, a game that went so so much longer than it needed to. Severely cutting into the time that could have been spent either going to see Detective Pikachu or watching Jamie Foxx's George Jefferson on that Jimmy Kimmel Live special, which was awesome. Josh Lewin with you. The Sox have won 15 of their last 19 games in Toronto now. And after starting the year 3-10 and 10 on the road, well, they're 10-3 on the road now in their last 13. It took a while. But the Red Sox won it 6-5. to five. They've got a very quick turnaround now in the finale. So we'll get to it quickly. Rick Porcello has moved up a day to pitch so that Hector Velazquez wouldn't have to slog through another start. And Porcello, we should note, has never done well against the Blue Jays for whatever weird reason. Last year, it was four starts, a 9.15 ERA, career 10-11 and 11 with a 5.2. So, remember on Tuesday, the Red Sox had seven hits, eight walks, but they were 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position, left 10 on base. What could they do for Porcello here on Wednesday? They did load the bases with the one out in the third again yesterday, and uh, nobody out in the seventh again yesterday and failed to score. That's talking about the Tuesday game. But Wednesday would be better in this regard. Third inning scoreless game. Jackie Bradley Jr. hit by a pitch to start the inning. Sox eventually scratch for a couple. They get a quick 2-0 lead. And we should mention, by the way, J.D. Martinez out of the lineup again. Sore back. And that's beginning to be a bit of a concern because he's just been so good this year. But you got to keep him healthy. On that subject, Brock Holt is close. Sox will have to cut a pitcher probably to make that roster move. Brewer, Velazquez, uh, Possibly Weber, who's going to make a quick start uh, in the game on Thursday afternoon, but maybe he goes right back down. Thornburg, we've talked about him, could certainly be a DFA possibility. Remember, Brian Johnson is back pretty soon, too, at which point another on that list we just gave you probably gets the Ziggy as well. When Pedroia is ready to come back, well, it's Pierce or Nunez, watch your butt. Those guys have to, uh, one of them has to get moving here. If only we could all be moving like Michael Chavis. Mentioned he was hitting the helmet by a pitch in the sixth. Thankfully, a glancing blow. 
But so far now, the old uh, rookie rankings for the Ice Horse, he is number one in the American League in batting average. He is number one in on-base percentage, number one in slugging percentage, number one in OPS. It's 959. He is right up there in rookie home runs and runs batted in. And in fact, since he made his major league debut April 20, he leads the entire Red Sox team in home runs and runs batted in. More than Betts and Bogarts and Martinez, you name it. So that is your rookie of the year right now, my friends. It is not Vlad Guerrero Jr. And in honor of Chavis, since his star is so on the rise, we will borrow from the previously mentioned Kimmel Live special and run in the theme song from the Jeffersons right now, just because it's catchy. And it's a nice way to get us to the Michael Chavis postgame show that you'll hear after we tell you that Guerrero did do something. We, we probably should mention that. 424-foot laser shot himself at 110 miles an hour. And that was off Porcello, really the only way that they dented him. And I'm a Vlad Guerrero Jr. fan. I'm not trying to minimize who he is. He's their first true franchise-altering talent that's come up through their system since Carlos Delgado. Is he the next Miguel Cabrera, the next Manny Ramirez, the next his own dad? I don't know. Uh, We keep hearing he's the best teenage hitting prospect since Ken Griffey Jr. We heard that last year or maybe since Alex Rodriguez. But the Canadian fascination with Guerrero has been compared to their fascination with the royal family, not just because Canada is still connected to the British Commonwealth, but same kind of one-sided relationship. Prince Harry is tracked and measured and revered at every turn in some corners, Kind of a one-way looking glass. You'll never actually be in his presence, but you're fascinated by him anyway. And that's always been the Vlad Guerrero Jr. paradigm until now, right? He wasn't actually in Toronto. He wasn't actually in Canada, but everybody thought he was totally amazing. Now they get to look at him up close, kind of like we're all looking at Chavis. So anyway, uh, Porcello ended with six innings, three hits, one run, no walks, four strikeouts. So that's now seven walks in his last 45 innings since those absurd 12 walks in his first 11 innings. So back to normal for Porcello in that regard. Top of the seventh, as the Red Sox look to kind of pull away in this one, Jackie Bradley Jr., a hustle double, to make us think that maybe this is a launch point finally now to his 2019 homer-homer double in three games in Toronto so far. Leon couldn't get a bunt down. Benintendi draws a full count walk. Mookie walks for the third time of the game. Soft ground out for Mitch Moreland. So, yes, they get another run. They make it 3-1, to one, and thank goodness. Because in the bottom of the seventh, Brandon Workman comes in for Porcello, promptly makes a mess of things. Two outs, nobody on. Freddie Galvis singles. Brandon Jury doubles. Billy McKinney walks. The light-hitting, uh, light-hitting catcher, Luke Maley, walks to bump in a run. Workman's now leading at Major League Baseball in appearances, we should note. Uh, too many of them have been dotted with those walks. He did recover to get Eric Sogard to, uh, to nerd out to Chavis at second to end the inning, but it was a sloppy 30-pitch seventh inning, cut it down to 3-2 to two in the eighth. So Derek Law to start the eighth inning for Toronto is on the mound. Devers goes and gets one down and away and just spoons it over the wall and left. Six home runs for him now this year. They're all in the last three weeks or so. Telling you, this guy is a stud. Devers in his last 23 games, 370 batting average, OPS of about 1,025. He leads Major League Baseball in hits during that period. So with the Devers thing, it's now 4-2, to two, and on comes Matt Barnes. You feel very good about this because Barnes, when he pitches, Red Sox are 14-4. and four. The strikeout-to-walk ratio is 35-4. to four. The only reliever with similar numbers out there is the Padres' Kirby Yates, who leads baseball with 18 saves. Barnes, by the way, has three just because of how he's been getting used. But 
Justin Smoke a home run. His seventh cuts it to four to three. So on to the ninth, Marcus Walden is called on to save it. And I know he's a great story this year, but this is not Craig Kimbrell. This is not Barnes or Brazier. This is Marcus Walden. One out double allowed to Lords Guriel. Two out single is dumped in a right by Danny Jansen. You got a tie game in Toronto. So uh, single runs in the seventh, eighth, and ninth for the Jays off three different relievers, supposedly three of the good relievers, four to four, and bonus baseball. Red Sox almost get Xander Bogarts to second with two out in the tenth. He's out trying to stretch a single to a double on a play that went to review. Bottom 10, would this be a fourth straight inning of one run allowed by the supposedly improving Red Sox bullpen? Thankfully, no. Although it was double intentional walk single, bases loaded, one out. Freddie Galvis up, five-man infield, and here we go. Walden gets him, chasing sliders in the dirt. So thank you, Freddie Galvis, for that. Brandon Drury can win it. Pitch count for Walden up to around three dozen at this point. And Drury guns one to the warning track and left, but the ball is caught, side retired, and Walden stays 6-0. and And just to remind you about Marcus Walden, four years ago, the guy's pitching in Amish country, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, for an independent team managed by Butch Hobson, of all people. Yeah, the, the former Red Sox third baseman and not-so-successful manager. That team he was on in Lancaster also included former Red Sox pitcher Casey Fossum, if you remember him. But uh, anyway, Walden sure looked like the guy who was about to call it a career in Lancaster, Pennsylvania in 2015. He'd already been released by the Blue Jays. Eventually, he would pitch a bit of AAA for the Twins. And yeah, the Red Sox figured after seeing him in winter ball, let's just take a flyer on him. And anyway, until Wednesday night in Toronto, it was a hell of a story. Still may be, but he did falter in the game to prolong things. Uh, On we go through the 11th. To the 12th, Mookie Betts blasting off solo home run off Joe Biagini to center, his eighth of the year. And you're thinking, there it is. It'll be 5-4, to four, your final. Bottom of the 12th, uh, two out, Rowdy Telez blasting off solo home run. This off of Heath Hembry to center. That's his ninth. And it seems like all that freaking guy does is hit home runs off the Red Sox. So it is now a 5-5 tie after 12. We go to the 13th, making it the longest game of 2019 to this point. Time for the Rookie of the Year to win it. Chavis does so. Solo, 433 to left center. And after four and a half hours of nonsense, you betcha. Last time, Boston had to hit multiple go-ahead home runs to uh, win in extra innings. 1951. Michael Chavis, would you step to the microphone, please? He is with Joe. He is with Mario after an exhausting 6-5 to win. Uh, Michael, congratulations, and what a night for you. You get beaned with a fastball, and you come back totally unfazed and win it with a 13th-inning blast of 424 feet. What a night for you. Yeah, I mean, it was a long one for everybody, honestly. (laughs) Tell us about uh, what went through your mind as you had the 1-2 count there uh, with Cordero pitching. It had to be a letdown after Talese had tied it with two out in the 12th. Oh, it definitely was, but uh, Mookie sparked some fire into us putting that home run out there earlier. And, um, I mean, I thought we swung the bats uh, well all night. We caught a couple barrels, got a little bit unlucky early on, but um, I'm glad I was able to come through and uh, pull it out for us. Hey, Michael, they say that uh, in extra inning games, the worst thing you can do is try and hit a home run to end the ball game. Was that your thinking? And if it was, uh, maybe we should rethink that thought. And I'll be honest, in my bat before, I don't remember what inning it was. It was probably like the 11th or something like that. I definitely was trying to hit a home run. And I think that showed up in the result where I just rolled over. And I got some good pitches to hit, and I just tried to do too much with them. So, uh Leading into that at bat, I uh, kind of toned it down a little bit. I realized, uh, hey, that didn't work out last time, so let's try and stay within ourselves, go to our generic approach, and uh, it worked out that time. 
looked like a slider that uh, sort of hung out over the outer half. Was that right? Yeah, it was like a slider cutter thing. I'm not really sure uh, what he calls it, but uh, he threw me one earlier, and I felt like I saw it well. It was, it, the one that he threw me earlier, I just uh, didn't like the location of it, but I saw it well. So uh, I knew if he came back with it, I would see it and recognize it. So I was just thinking, stay on the fastball, and you'll re- recognize the off-speed. Hey, Michael, Vladdy Jr., of course, the headliner these days as far as rookies are concerned. You've made a statement of your own here, especially in this ball game tonight. Have you been able to step back and kind of look at what you've accomplished here in the first month and a half in the big leagues? Um, Somewhat. I try not to focus too much on that kind of stuff, and uh, it kind of goes with my general uh, thought process of not focusing on the results, just staying focused on the process. So um, it's nice to have those results and have some success here and there, but uh, it's not something I focus on. Well, that ball hit you right in the B and the helmet, it appeared. You weren't phased at all. You just went right down to first base. What did you feel? Um, I honestly don't really know. It was kind of one of those things you see something that fast coming at your head. You just try and get out the way. And uh, when I was growing up, I was always taught that you don't show pain when you uh, get hit. So I just kind of put my stuff down and jogged to first base. But uh, I think I'm all right, so it's no big deal. But no headache? No. No, I'm good to go. Well, what a whirlwind this has been, huh, for for you. And you seem like you're having so much fun. Oh, I always have fun when I'm playing baseball, especially up here. I mean, we got such a great group of guys. We're always laughing and having a good time. And uh, for me personally, and I think for a lot of guys as well, uh, when we're having fun, that's when we play our best because it's relaxed. It's, uh, it's a focused relax, though. So it's not, like, super goofy, but uh, it's a game, man. And I th- when we have fun, uh, things work out. Just one more for you, Michael. We know you want to get going here. We've got an early game tomorrow. But what was it like looking to your left and seeing Mookie best play a second base position over there in the uh, in the late innings? Uh, we uh, had that little meeting, and they were pointing out to Mookie, and I was like, does he have, like, a pickoff play we're going to run or something? <laughs> and uh, he's coming in, and he, they're like, yeah, you're going to stand between Chavis and Moreland. And I'm like, okay, we never went over this one in practice. Like, I don't, I don't know where I'm going to be, so, like, I'm just asking what the plan is. And then um, when we got to the position, I looked over at Mookie, and I was like, hey, man, just like the minors, you used to play second, now we're here. Let's do it. And uh, we had a good laugh. But um, I'd never seen that before, so it was kind of cool to be a part of it. Well, you've been so much fun to watch, and we're going to watch you for many years. Thank you so much, Michael. Uh, sleep fast. <laughs> I appreciate it, y'all. Have a good night. All right, so that's what you got from Michael Chavis. We continue to love hearing from him as he just continues to dazzle. His only hit of the game was at a home run. He did get a hit in the head by a pitch, and he lived to tell the tale. His slugging percentage, 585, and as much as we're talking about Devers and Bogarts and Moreland and Mookie, he's up above all those guys. In fact, uh, right now with J.D. Martinez out of this lineup, the top few slugging percentages, it goes Chavis number one, Moreland, number two. Anybody got Christian Vasquez for number three? But yeah, that is true. At an even 500 for the year now. Alex Cora didn't have a lot to say after the game, but here's what he had to say after the game. Uh, we got the W and we move on. Uh, come here tomorrow and try to win three out of four and go to Houston. Uh, it wasn't easy. Uh, Rig was outstanding. Uh, we felt we had everything lined up. Uh, going uh, seven, eight, nine. It didn't work out, but the guys keep fighting, keep grinding. Uh, there were some good swings, some bad swings, uh, some good pitches, bad pitches. But at the end, uh, what matters is we'll finish on top, and we ended up winning the game. Priscilla was at 80 pitches. Uh, did you feel that, that was enough at that point? Yeah, I mean, uh, we were lined up with the guys. Uh, we Waldy, uh, <clears throat> Work, and, and Barnsey. You know, he comes from a tough one. You know, seven innings, grinded out. And uh, and I felt like at the point we were, they were in the lineup, you know, it was a good matchup for, for Work <clears throat> with the two lefties coming up. So um, we decided to go that route. 
What have you thought of Chavis's um, composure in the situations with the RBIs that he's had in a short period of time? <laughs> he's been good. I mean, that's the thing with him. Like, regardless of how the game is going or the swings and misses or he even shows some frustration today in a ground ball, you know, that he was actually out at first. Yeah, it was a good call. But uh, he got a hanging pitch, and he put a good swing on it. It's just a threat of... Of power, you know, and uh, just like Rafi, you know, you feel like if they get a pitch up in the zone and, and they can handle it, they can hit it out of the ballpark, and that's what he brings on a daily basis. 6-5 Boston, they take it to go to 13-13 and on the road. They're 26-23 and overall now. Toronto gets dumped to 20-29. and Weber, we mentioned, is going to get this start on Thursday afternoon. He's allowed just one run in eight innings, three outings, since the Sox brought him up back on May 6th. Done a nice job. Uh, Chris Sale is expected to start Friday in Houston. David Price Saturday. Eduardo Rodriguez looking to bounce back on Sunday. And if you tune into the podcast on Thursday night, we'll have a, a big preview of that series against the Houston Astros. It figures to be the last time that the Sox and the Astros get it together until, who knows, maybe mid to late October, if all goes well. Thank you once again to Michael Scott Chavis. I really appreciate you, buddy. Guy that was supposed to be parked at AAA until September, we all thought. He has been the guy. The season has totally turned because of Michael Chavis, and it certainly did Wednesday night as his Sox win at 6-5. to five. That's the podcast. Appreciate you. I'm Josh Lewin. Tell your friends. Bye-bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 